Well, you have a new salsa you like, Angela. You can tell everybody. I do. You guys need to check out Green Mountain Gringo. I had their medium salsa, which was so good. Well, I don't want to confuse people, but I had the Green Mountain Gringo hot sauce. Oh, yeah? How's the hot sauce? Very good. Did you know they also make their own tortilla chips? I didn't know that. Yes, they use stone ground, all-natural yellow corn flour and sea salt. Ugh, come on. Visit GreenMountainGringo.com and start shopping. Use the store locator to find Green Mountain Gringo products, get inspiration for recipes, and purchase products using promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off. That's promo code PODCAST24. And don't forget to check out their backside. One of my most favorite things about doing this podcast is when we get to partner with a new advertiser and they send us their products. And this one in particular got me excited, Angela. We got a whole box of seventh generation products. I was so excited. Josh was so excited. Seventh generation wants you to know that human nature is messy, but nature nature can help us embrace it. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with the power of bioenzymes. Yeah. And really good smelling bioenzymes, everyone. Yeah. That's the power of seventh generation. Find laundry detergent and other laundry products at seventhgeneration.com. Happy New Year, you guys. That's right. It is the end of 2020. We're moving into 2021. It's very exciting. Get here, 2021. Get here. Come on. Come on now. Well, listen, we just wanted to pop on here and wish you guys a great, great new year. But we're not the only ones. We are not the only ones. Some other folks want to wish you happy new year, too. Let's hear from them. Hello, Jenna and Angela. This is your friend, Steve Carell. And I just wanted to say, I declare happy new year. Happy New Year, you guys, and Happy New Year to all of the listeners of The Office Ladies. Hey, everybody. It's me, Kate Flannery, Meredith from The Office. Hey, I'm here to wish you a very happy nude year. Put some clothes on. Wishing you all a safe 2021. Just remember, a hangover won't last forever. It just feels like it does. This is Oscar. Wishing the Office Ladies and all their wonderful listeners a Happy New Year. Hey, Office Lovers. This is Phyllis Smith, also better known as Phyllis Vance, Vance Refrigeration. I just wanted to wish you all a very happy and healthy New Year in uh, 2021. And we'll put all these crazy days behind us and move forward into a, a beautiful coming New Year. So Happy New Year, you all. Hi, this is Leslie David Baker, wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas, a joyous holiday season, and a happy, healthy, and prosperous new year. Take care. Stay safe. Hey, Office fans. It's Mindy Kaling, friends of the pod, the Office Ladies pod, of course. And I just wanted to say Happy New Year. Ho, ho, ho. That's my Santa impression. Was it good? I can't tell. Hey, everybody. It's Craig. Have a safe, wonderful, blessed new year. This is BJ Novak, and I'd like to woof everyone a very happy new year. Woof.com. Hey, everybody. John Krasinski here wishing you a fantastic new year. Hello, Office Ladies. Hello, Office Ladies fans. 
It's me, Brian Baumgartner here, wanting to wish you a ho, 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 happy new year. Yes, let's work together in 2021 to make it 2020 awesome. Happy new year from the Strand Strata. Paul Lieberstein. <laughs> Gotta be more careful. Kidding. Or am I? I don't know. Happy new year. Greetings. This is Reen Wilson. I play the character of Dwight Schrute. And congratulations. It is your New Year's Day. That is all. Hey there, Office fans and Office ladies, listeners. Ed Helms here. And I just wanted to wish you all a very happy New Year. It's Creed wishing you Happy New Year. Later, gang. Oh my gosh. Oh, you guys, that has me tearing up. I just loved hearing everyone's voices so much. And um, it's just a special group of people. And they love the show and they love its legacy and they love you guys. All were so like wonderful when Jenna and I reached out. We sort of divided up a list, Jenna, right? Yeah. We started texting everyone and everyone was like, absolutely no problem. And, um, that was just so wonderful. And thank you guys so much. Um, thank you, the cast of The Office, for sending in those New Year's messages. I love it. I think you can just hear the love in their voices, you know, the love of this thing that they got to be a part of. You know, we are on this text thread together, Angela, but I haven't heard a lot of people's voices in a while. And so when we would get those audio clips in, I just every time... It was emotional. Yeah. Uh, well, that was wonderful. And we love you guys. And we were thinking, what is a great way to ring in the new year? And, you know, Jen and I are with our families and we're in our sweatpants, no <laughs> doubt about that. But there is an interview that we absolutely love. And who better to ring in the new year than with Creed Bratton? Yes, guys, you might remember we had Creed in the studio with us back when that was allowed. And he stayed with us for the entire episode when we broke down Halloween. So we wanted to replay that for you now. It was a really special treat. We laugh, we cry. It was great. So guys, happy new year from the office ladies, from our team here at Earwolf, Cassie, Cody, Sam, Ainsley. We love you. We love you guys. Hang out with Creed and we're sending you all our love. We'll see you in 2021. We'll see you next year. It's almost here. I'm Jenna Fisher. And I'm Angela Kinsey. We were on The Office together. And we're best friends. And now we're doing the ultimate Office rewatch podcast just for you. Each week, we will break down an episode of The Office and give exclusive behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were there can tell you. We're The Office Ladies. I love it. Creed is here. Creed, Creed is, is here. here. Creed is here. Creed is in the house. Yeah. <laughs> This is so amazing. Creed's going to be with us for the whole episode, guys. Okay, Creed, you're our first in-house visitor, right? I mean, we've had people call in, but you're our first in-house guest. I'm I'm the first one. I might not. Be, I might have a bathroom break or something. I won't be here for the whole thing, but I'll be in and out. <laughs> we can provide you okay, with good. a bathroom break. That'd be good. That'd be good. <laughs> we can I'm take old, bathroom I'm break. old school. Well, I'm old, so that's part of it, you know. <laughs> 
I need everybody to know that I've already teared up twice since Creed has been here. You've, oh. you've said two touching. Well, first of all, just seeing you oh. almost burst into tears. But then you've said like five amazing things that have touched my heart Well, already. as soon as I get together with you, it's just back and we're back on the set, you know, and it's all like, oh, I, know. I miss you girls. Um, Creed <laughs> lives down the street from me. Yes. I think everybody who knows me knows, knows this. That. Don't give him my address, please. I won't. Okay. Creed's address is. Um, his <laughs> hidden key is. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, we are neighbors and it's one of the joys of my life that we're neighbors. I love that you're right around the corner. I love that we have. We see each other walking. We see, we see each, each other, other hiking around the street. We yeah. do. Hey. I, you were walking. Um, your Was it your daughter's my, dog? Your son's my dog. My son's little Yorkie, yeah. Your little Yorkie. And I hear, hey, pumpkin. And I turn around and it's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> and we've also maybe had some adult beverage and, and red solo we may cups. Have. We may have. And we like to do a little bit of what we call the sauce trail and walk around <laughs> oh having a glass of wine. Hey. And watching documentaries. Oh, yeah. Creed loves anything where like um, animals go crazy, like planet Earth. Yes, all that stuff. I just love it. All right. Well, we are really excited to have you here. We are discussing the Halloween episode. Yes. Right, right. Season two, episode five. This was written by Greg Daniels and directed by Paul Feig, and it is the first episode that Creed speaks. Well, I actually spoke in Diversity Day. In Diversity Day, I had lines with with, with Phyllis. Yes, I told her. And they paid me afterwards. Well, the first first AD, remember that girl we had, the first AD? Yeah. The first season? She thought I was part of the, the cast at the time. So Kate, she came in with her little hands and she said, now you and Phyllis just start talking. And Phyllis said, wait. I said, never mind. It's okay. <laughs> said, never, never mind. Phyllis was going to out you. Gonna, Phyllis was going to out me. So I said, never mind. It's fine. And so we started, and I started talking about, you know, sacrificing goats or something, you of know, trying to, you t- trying to tell her wait, what was on her head. You your know? improv was sacrificing goats. Yes, or yes, Fantastic. yes. Fantastic. So you can hear me in the background. And then later and they said, wait a minute. Creed's talking in the background. And I said, oh, shoot, how did that happen? Yeah, how'd that happen, <laughs> and Creed? So, so they, uh, <laughs> they, they paid me on the side, but they didn't say, but we can't. I said, no, it's fine. It's fine. And then uh, not off camera, then I also was the voice for the, the ride. Yeah, for down the in, mining ride. For the mining ride, you know. And you were I think so they paid, they funny. paid attention to that one. Yeah, yeah. you were so yeah. funny as the voice of the mining ride. Yes. And Isabel was watching that episode with me, and she said, Mom, I know that voice. I know uh, that voice. And I was like, wait, you're, oh my gosh. She was like, I think it's Creed. She, how, oh, how yeah. discerning is she? She is, I mean, I didn't catch it. And then I looked it up and I'm like, Isabel, we do know that voice. It's Creed. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, this is the first time where I actually was, was had some had some serious lines. It was six and a half pages. I remember Kent Zabornak threw the script down and said, okay, here it is. This is your, this is your moment. Wow. And I, I had memorized it forwards and backwards. I had set a timer on a little recorder at a night, subliminally at 2 and 3 in the morning, that it would go off and play the lines while I was sleeping. Crazy. I had it backwards and forwards. No joke. I had it wow. backwards. I knew this was the Rubicon. This is the place that I was going to get. Because my intuition said, this is it. And then, of course, we walk in the office, and, and Greg, they came in and said, uh, by the way, we've made changes, of course, to the, to the, to the lines. And we've reversed them around and added some new stuff. You okay, Steve? goes, yeah, fine. I go, oh. Because <laughs> they used to do that to us all, all the, the time. time. Oh, We all would the time. come in and you'd just get new pages yep. and then shoot the scene five minutes later. Yep. Yeah, yep. they would hand yep. you the pages. And sometimes, we've talked about this, the pages would be hot. 
because right off just the came copier, right off the copier, and we and drop them. Some going, yeah, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> now change, now change your lines. <laughs> yes, yes, no, change that lines. you have learned, and you've been having a tape recorder play at three in the morning to you. Do you remember the the backdrop? They're right off of where um, my desk and and Kate's desk was, and it yeah. was the, the screen there. So you can, you could walk, you could sneak around the back and get to the green room from behind it. You know, yeah, the, yeah, that, yeah. That's set up like that. I walked back like that after they told me this, and put my hands up and said. Okay, here it is. And I said, I've come this far. I'm going to do this. And once we started, though, with Steve, it was like into into battle, you know? Yeah. And there was some improvisation on that scene because I I was paraphrasing my lines because I was desperate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you knocked it out of the park, Creed. Yeah, yeah. Well, Creed, you started out as a musician. Yep. And a very long, successful career as a musician. How did you even end up on the show in the first place as oh. our stand-in slash background, background person? Background person. I was working on Bernie Mac, and uh, Ken Quapas came on to direct an episode. And they'd been using me for all these little uh, vignettes and where I was doing funny. And if you ever watch old Bernie Mac, you'll see me all the time in the background mugging up. <laughs> <laughs> really I really want, I want to see that. I'm, I want to go I'm, back. I'm always in the background doing some stupid stuff, and they, they just allow me because I made Bernie laugh. I made the, I made him laugh. And so uh, Ken was talking about this guy's funny, and he heard from Joe Moore, the uh, first AD, that I was on in the grassroots. So he went. He sent to Amoeba for some albums for me to sign because he was a big grassroots fan. And we started talking and talked about music, and he's very knowledgeable. Then I found out that he was doing um, – the uh, Office of American Workplace, and I was a big fan of the Ricky Gervais show. So I, he gave me his number. Now, I've never, ever uh, called anybody like that before. But I called him as my in- intuition said, this is, feels right, this feels and right. And Ken would not have given you his number. I feel like Ken no. is so discerning. Oh, my yeah. God. If, he didn't, if no. he didn't mean call yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, so he did. And so he talked to Greg, and I, then I talked to, to Ken later, and he said, well, I talked to Greg I told him you're a very interested, interesting and funny guy. And he said, well, what we'll do, and this is his words, uh, Greg's words, we'll put him in the background and see if we can work him into the mix <gasps> in, in that first time. That was it, working in the mix. That's all I need to hear. That's why I took liberties just kind of like pretending that I was uh, part, of the, uh, part of the group and that paid off, you know? Yes. Oh, I love that. Oh, that is so that cool. That is awesome. What's next? Should we do a summary? Jenna, do you have one? You know I do. Yes. So in this episode, Halloween, Michael is told that he must fire someone during the month of October due to cutbacks at Dunder Mifflin. But in true Michael fashion, he waits until the very last day of October, which also happens to be Halloween. He also has no idea who to fire. He has not made a decision. He spends the entire episode trying to figure out what to do while the rest of us are dressed in our costumes for the Halloween party. I love that. I love so that. Much. I love the juxtaposition of that someone is going to get fired while wearing a ridiculous costume. Yes. And they're going to have to go home fired in that outfit. Well, I have a fast fact about this episode. Fast fact number one, Greg Daniels wrote this episode, and he told me that the inspiration for this episode was that he had always wanted to do a story about someone being fired, but from the point of view of the boss rather than the employee. Huh. He felt like we always see stories of people being fired and the, how they're wrestling with having been fired. But he was like, you never see what it does to the boss. That's yeah. the genius of Greg Daniels yes. right mm-hmm. there. Oh Absolutely. Well, the problem that this plot presented for Greg was that he was going to have to fire someone on the show. He was going to have to pick a Dunder Mifflin employee to be part of the plot. Yes. 
Well, he couldn't fire any of the series regular characters because we all had contracts, and he didn't want to fire any of the supporting cast, even though at this point you guys still did not have your full-time contracts, no, right? No, we didn't we, we didn't become series regulars till Booze Cruise. So listen, we were all on the chopping block. <laughs> <laughs> were you a little worried when you well, maybe. <laughs> well, Greg didn't have any intention of losing them. He didn't want to lose anyone in the warehouse. But he also told me he didn't want to hire someone new that you'd never seen on the show just to fire them. He felt like those stakes would feel very manufactured. So he turned to our two background actors, Creed and Devin. Creed and Devin. And he was like, well, these guys are very well established on the show at this point. And this is where I'd like to know what happened. Because I know the end of this story, which is that Greg found out that Devin had a theater contract coming up. That he was going to go on on tour right. with a play. And so that... That's what Devin said. Yeah. yeah. At the time, though, they told us, um, one of you guys, you have to go. And oh we went, and we man! Went, and we went, Jeez. and but we don't know yet. We're just going to do that. We're going to shoot you both, and we're going to see how it works out. You know? Oh my god! Wait, they're going to shoot the they're, scene they're, two well, they, ways. They, they know that we're going to shoot. We're going to shoot the thing uh, because they could have gone back and changed it. I'm sure. Oh, you know? oh, because Michael could have said, "You know what? I said, yeah, I said it was Creed, and it's Creed. You the, can't change my mind." But it was going to be one of us. They said yeah. it was going to be one of us, and um, and I remember. Uh, I remember being a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, I, and I, Devin and I were friends. We'd become friends by this time. Well, you know? sure. And by the way, you know, on the finale, jumping ahead a lot, I don't know if I could kind of jump ahead. You can, you can. When Greg brought me into the office to find out what I wanted to do for the Krieg character, I said, well, one thing I'd like to do is sing the song, sing mm-hmm. but I, my song, but I also think we should have Devin back on the show. Oh, and, uh, agreed. That's yeah, nice. yeah. Because yeah. I, I, we get together sometimes, you know, and yeah. have, have coffee and stuff like that. I was feeling nervous because I, I kind of was feeling bad that I might have to go, but also that Devin might have to go too. So yeah. it was a uh, mixed, mixed blessings and all that stuff. All right, fast fact number two. This is the first time we see Pam's hair down <gasps> instead of her yes! usual half up, half down hair With clip. That to me is so important. Oh yeah. well, then Creed, <laughs> then then uh, Creed, you're gonna love some of my yeah. note cards. Yeah, okay, <laughs> if that's right. important, yeah, buckle yeah. in. But this was a huge deal. Kim Ferry, our hairstylist, and me, and Greg, and Paul Feig, we all had a meeting about Pam's hair and if we could let her hair down. And it was, I mean, it must have been 30 minutes we talked about it. There was a lot of concern that she might look too pretty with her hair down, and. I can't remember how we got permission. Kim was delighted. I mean, Kim had been putting my hair in a hair clip now for like 12 episodes or something. She was so thrilled to be able to scrunch it. Do something different. Anything. Yeah. Anything different. And it was kind of a big deal. So Well, they were playing down both your beauties all the time with the way they dressed you and put you in stuff. That's and right. Did, you, did everyone did hear you, that? Did you yeah. fight? Did you fight? Oh, Creed F true. says they it's played true. down our beauty. <laughs> that is true. Did, did, toward the end, did you guys lobby for, come on, just let, let us show a little bit of, uh, you know. I, I remember really glowing. wanting lip gloss. Was, yeah, something like so that. So you know? what's funny to me is that that was a 30-minute meeting about your hair. Meanwhile, I go to hair and makeup, and they put on full, enormous, purple fake eyelashes on me 
if you look at me as this cat, I have big purple eyelashes. They were so huge. I had a hard time like even navigating them. Like I look, when I watch the episode, I look a little sleepy. I think it's because I couldn't open my eyes. No No meeting? No meeting. They just put, I was like, are you sure? They just put them on me. And then one of the writers walked up to me. I can't remember who and was like, do you have purple? It's probably Mindy. She was like, do you have purple lashes on? I'm like, she might've been jealous. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted them. (laughs) She would want those purple lashes. No one said anything. Why is Angela Martin putting on purple fake eyelashes? Everyone was too busy meeting about my hair. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. Fast fact number three. Creed, I don't know if you remember this, Angela. I think maybe you do. The week we shot the Halloween episode, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant visited one day. I know this because (laughs) I have a photograph with them in your cat outfit. In my cat outfit. And Jim is three-hole punch Jim, but you can't really see the holes because he's got his arm around someone. So it's a whole picture of our producers and Ricky and Steven and me and John, and I am the only person wearing a costume. I like to imagine that I they came to see me in a play where I played a cat or your something. Your one-act play? Because we look like we're standing by, like backstage. <laughs> and you're, you're in the cats, yeah. You're the only one in a costume. Yeah, this is how I know this because I only have two pictures of myself with Ricky and Steven, and one of them is me in a cat costume. I remember that they were there because I still my ears still hurt from that high castralto. <laughs> a Ricky yeah. Gervais, the laugh. That's he such laughed, a good impression. He laughed. He laughed at everything. He was he laughed at so good some coffee. Yeah. Oh, he, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, he is the sweetest man and just a, just a joy. Those are my fast facts. That's our summary. Maybe we should go. Do we need that bathroom break? Let's do a bathroom break. Let's do a bathroom break. I could use one. By the way, I just want to say I just love these fast facts. Oh, well, then if you love the fast facts, get ready for the note cards, Creed. Oh, my. I can't wait. Be still my throbbing heart. Okay. (laughs) It sounded a little (laughs) weird when you said it like that. It started to be weird, and then I drifted away. Okay. Go back. Go to the bathroom. Listen to this. Because this sounds amazing to me. Ready? Okay. In a world that stops for no one, with life dominated by screens, there's still a place filled with endless reasons to put the phone down and pick up life. Doesn't that sound lovely? Where are we talking about? South Dakota. That's where Lee was born! Really? South Dakota! How did I not know that? I don't know. I didn't know he was born in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. He has family there. Well, South Dakota is a great place to vacation and adventure, You can get worlds away from home in the Badlands, find peace among the pines in the Black Hills, and unwind with each bend of the Missouri River. And if you're looking for love, you might find a Lee there. Oh, my gosh. Made a good fella, South Dakota did. From Sioux Falls to Deadwood, you'll find yourself getting lost in a place that brings you closer to the world around you. You can immerse yourself in the creativity of both contemporary and traditional crafts. See why there's so much South Dakota, so little time. At TravelSouthDakota.com. So this winter, we went on a little ski trip with another family, and we got an Airbnb, which was so wonderful, right? Because you can make your own breakfast in the morning. We could even go there for lunch to warm up. Listen, I always want a kitchen with kids. Yep. I don't want to call room service for some sliced apples. I want to have my groceries. I need a kitchen. Yes. Well, this is why doing the Airbnb thing was so perfect. Yep. Well, this family we were staying with told us that they listed their house on Airbnb back in California. Oh, that's so smart. I know a lot of people that do this. It's like, oh, we want to go to Disneyland. We can Airbnb our place and then use that money to go. It pays for your trip. Yep. 
Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you travel, do you ever think like, oh no, I hope I locked up. Did I leave a window open? Things like that. Well, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe home security today. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System in 2024 by the U.S. News and World Report, and Newsweek ranked it Best Customer Service in Home Security. Well, you all have heard me talk about Simply Safe because it really is simple and it does make me feel safe. We went through the website and we picked exactly what we needed for our home. That's what I really like is you can customize what you need to fit your living space. You know, I love our Simply Safe. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/officeladies. That's simplysafe.com/officeladies. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, let's get into some note cards. Can note we? Cards. Yes. All right. Let's get into the episode. Let's do it. I have a note card from the cold open. Oh, what is the cold open of this? Okay, so um, the cold open is you say that um, Jan uh, Jan called and he's like, oh, yes. and Michael has to go in because he knows he has to fire someone. Right. And, and so he calls Jan and her assistant, Sherry, answers the phone. Yes. And Sherry has so much good sass. She's like, okay, well, who are you going to fire? And he goes, well, I'm not really sure. Uh, and she's like, we just need the name. Jan needs the name. Jan, yeah, Jan needs, needs the yeah, name. Yes. And then he's like, who would you fire? And she's like, just give me the name. And then and then um, he thinks he's hung up and he's like, oh, I'd like to fire you. And she goes, still here. <laughs> right? He's like, I wish I could yes. fire Sherry. Sherry. I mean, I want to know who Sherry is. Who is Sherry? Yes, I thought the same thing. So the first thing I did, I went to IMDb, Internet Movie Database. I did too. I looked up this episode, uncredited. Uncredited. Who is Sherry? Who is Sherry? I reached out to Dave Rogers. He was the editor for this episode. You guys, he knows everything about The Office. He didn't know. That is saying something because he is like no, he knows the everything. Bible of the show. He's an encyclopedic memory cat. No one knows. Listen to what Dave did. Dave reached out to Allison Jones, our casting director, who went to her storage facility. Oh my lord! Found the contracts for this episode. Looked it up. Wow, Allison, thank you. Oh my gosh, Allison, you're like an episode of the Pelican Brief. An it episode. Is. This is the movie. CSI The Office. You're like CSI The Office. It is Lisa Malone. Okay. And by the way, this was shot on September 13th, 2005. Wow. Yeah. Well, Lisa, you were fantastic you as Sherry. You killed it. You killed it as Sherry. Oh, man. And Allison, thank you. Thank you for being our CSI The Office. I want to go back, Angela, because I have a note that precedes your note card. Is it at five seconds? Is it the shot of Devin and Creed at their desk? The establishing shot. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I noticed it too. The second shot of this episode is Creed and Devin at their desks. I have to imagine this was not an accident that right. they wanted to drive home mm-hmm. Devin and Creed since we know was, that one of well, you. Well yeah. placed. It yes. was well yeah. placed. It's Phyllis putting on makeup and then it goes to Devin and Creed at their desks. Well, the scene with Michael and Pam. <laughs> do you guys remember how he's wearing the second head? Yes. Yes. And he, oh, I have a card. And Pam goes in his office 
and he tells her that he needs to fire someone, and then he sort of implies maybe it could be her. Oh, I have two cards from this scene. And so Pam decides to uh, quickly start flattering him. She pivots hard (laughs) about his costume, and then she just gets out of the room as quickly as possible. I could not get through that scene. It Listen, Steve is funny enough on his own, but Steve with that extra Steve on his shoulder... (laughs) It was too much, and it wobbled in a sort of he weird way. He was wobbling it on he purpose. He loved it. He loved wobbling that he thing. He loved it. Anytime you give that's him what a she said. cat. Come on, or, guys. Or, that was a great, that's what she said. Come on. He loves wobbling things? He loved wobbling that thing. Oh, that's what she said. Hey! We got it back. We got it, got we got it, back. it, we got it back. Creed, what did I write at Let's three see. minutes, 12 seconds? Oh, my God. Pam is diabolical. <laughs> her turn to flattery when she realizes Michael would fire her. Wow. Diabolical. Diabolical. I'm seeing a real devious streak in Pam. I want to just comment, if I may. Please. The the brilliance of Steve Carell, the pain and the anguish in his face when he's trying, when he's getting ready to fire someone. You can just see it. He's just dying. He's absolutely dying. He's not acting. He's like, to me, he looked like a man just suffering, suffering preeminent death. It's interesting you bring that up, Creed, because we've talked a lot about how Michael wants to be popular, he wants to be friends with people, he wants to be the life of the party, but I think this episode goes beyond that. That it isn't just that he knows that it's going to be, he's going to not be well-liked by the person he fires. I think it really, like, I think it touches on something. He really doesn't want to hurt someone else. Yep, that's exactly right. It's yeah, exactly so it's right. deeper than that, just unpopularity. I thing. was moved by his performance in that. Yeah. Oh, Same. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he crushed it. I get more pictures at Halloween of Pam as a cat and Jim as three hole punch. I think that is the most popular Halloween costume that I get sent to me. I get um my myself well, Angela Martin in an Argyle sweater, like with a turtleneck. And a headband holding a stuffed animal cat next to some guy in a mustard shirt with a tie <laughs> yes, and his yes, hair parted yeah. down the middle. What about you, Creed? I get the Joker. The when Joker. I, when I walk in, it's the Joker. Oh. And then when, when Brian comes, damn it, Creed, and he hip checks you. Oh, no, that's a later episode. Later yeah, episode. I know you guys flying. are both But he, he almost, he almost knocks, knocks you over. Oh, yeah. And oh, that, I howl every time I see it. That's a recurring it. thing. Brilliant, brilliant. Angela, I want to talk to you about your costume. Please. Okay, Michael comes over to accounting. Mm-hmm. You're dressed as a cat. There's three cats. Phyllis, Phyllis is a cat. I'm a cat. You're a cat. Yes, actually, we could do really quickly the rundown of costumes. Kelly is Dorothy. Phyllis, Pam, and Angela are cats. Dwight is a Sith Lord. Kevin <laughs> is the Dunder Mifflin superhero. Uh, Creed is a vampire. Oscar is a lady. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We, I don't know if she, he's a character lady or just a lady. I think he's a lady. He's just a lady. Jim is three-hole punch. Jim, Stanley, no costume. Ryan the Temp, no costume. And, of course, Michael has the two heads. And, and, De- Devin, and, Devin, and Devin was a tramp. And Devin was yeah. a hobo. Hobo. Yes. Yeah. Angela, why does your cat only have two lines for whiskers and not three? Jenna, I don't know. Why does my cat have purple fake eyelashes? Why... Does your cat have weird cat ears? I mean, you. I just want to say that as the resident cat lady of the office, yeah. I think you had the worst cat costume. Why do I have a fuzzy white skirt? Why? With a giant tail that was almost impossible to sit in. 
it was so, and the skirt didn't quite fit me and it kept like heading south. I had to keep like grabbing it and yanking it up. It almost ruined the whole episode, that, that whole cat thing. <laughs> it, it did. Yeah. I think now there was such a big meeting about your hair that my cat costume was just like, eh, just put this on her. But you and ended up wearing that cast costume like two for more years, times. For years. And it's the worst one. It really is. I, I have a vague memory, a very, very vague memory of being in makeup and having them discuss how they were going to differentiate the three different cats. Mm-hmm. And it was decided that Phyllis and I would have three whiskers on each cheek and you would only have two. My cat was maimed. <laughs> I feel like that happened. I don't know if we can ask Laverne. Laverne was our makeup artist. I don't know. I don't know. But I I mean, right? I just think you had You were smaller that you didn't deserve three. <laughs> they they decided to give me less. Yes. Um I have to uh while That's we're talking height reference. Yeah. <laughs> um while we're talking about this scene in accounting, I have to point out that we don't often our camera guys didn't often do like a full character slow pan, you know? Uh-huh. And they do such a hilarious one. They start at Kevin's feet. <laughs> and they go all the way to his head while he's filing to get him in full red leotard. With his socks all mis- and like bulging in wrong areas. Oh, yes. my gosh. Oh, that's great. It's great. There's a great slow pan of Kevin. We should say we loved dressing up in these Halloween costumes. Oh, yeah. Because our oh, yeah. outfits normally were pretty boilerplate. Well, it was I mean, almost like we wore uniforms in a way. And our wardrobe people loved, loved, the wardrobe crew loved getting to dress us because they it was just like gray turtleneck. Angela, give us a note card. All right. At five minutes, 23 seconds. Creed, this is a runner. This is a reference to a runner, but this is a really big deal. What? Kelly has braided like pigtails. Her hair is down. Her hair is down. Her hair is down. Oh, my god! It's not in a bun. I remember. Mindy had a bun for like the whole first season, and then about, I guess- It was like a twist. A twist. A French twist, I think. I mean, she looked, her character really changes her look, and then she starts having her hair down, she gets a little sassy, but this has been a big thing. We've been wondering, when did they change her hair? This is the beginning. I See, I don't think this counts because it's a Halloween costume. What? Yeah. I'm sorry No, to no, say. I, I agree. I'm, I have to say I'm with Jenna. It Thank you. Count. Doesn't count. Well, I don't know if I like you here, Creed. All of a sudden, I have someone <laughs> oh, well, to veto. I'm sorry. Two gets one. Oh, um, fart. Well, I got pretty excited because her hair was down. Well, but it was a, it was a costume, though. It wasn't it oh Re- Reverend Day in See? character thing? That's it's what different. I'm saying. Am I talking to Jenna or Creed? Apply. I don't know anymore. It doesn't apply. All right. You know the scene where Pam and Jim set up a resume for Dwight to get a job someplace mm-hmm. else? I have a fan question about that. RCJH asked, what were you typing on the computer when you and Jim were working on Dwight's resume? I was typing what we were saying. Of course you were, Jenna. Of course you were. Because <laughs> you're so method. I was very method. You're like, and I am a responsible You would type reception. out your lines on, yeah. the, on the computer yeah, while because, you were doing it? Yeah, because Jim That's would amazing. say, like, I would say, what should we say here? And then he would say what we should say, and I would type it. And I see, here's the thing. I'm very proud of my typing skills. Oh, we know, we know. Yeah. Uh, Creed, do we know or <laughs> yes, do we know? I we mean, really know. You now, guys? Now I'm back on your side, Angela. <laughs> Thank oh, you, no! Creed. Is this, this about, how it you know, feels? Yes. Uh-huh. This is how it feels? Yeah, yeah. Well, we you, know. You'd walk in this thing with just your fingers. You'd be sitting there, you know, mm-hmm. we'd be talking about stuff at a craft store, and your fingers would be going like you're typing. Oh, go, now yeah, that please. is not that was, true. It was too much. It was too much. Tone it down. And then you would tell us about your typing speed and your level of accuracy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you should know I was typing her actual lines because well, I think that's I could. pretty great, though. Because she could, and I can, and I will. And you're fast, too. That's She's right. She's very fast. Right. Michael's scene with Dwight when he calls Dwight into his office and he tells Dwight that he has to fire someone, and Dwight starts naming all the people he should fire. But then Michael implies maybe it should be Dwight. And then Michael's second head starts talking to Dwight. Do you right, remember right. Do you remember Steve and Rain laughing during that scene? Because I do. I remember they could not get through that scene. I'm I, sitting out at reception in the background. And they were cracking themselves up in there. Rain was literally doubling over because yeah. he was like kind of leaning forward and he would just kind of collapse into himself. He was laughing so hard. There must be deleted scenes of that scene. Oh, man. I would love to see I would to love see to those. see that. Yeah. That is a funny scene. Well, Paul Feig called in when we did Office Olympics and he said one of the things he loved about directing episodes of our shows is that you could really find a shot that was cool and you would have the support of Greg to just kind of go with it. And he sort of found that shot where Dwight as the Sith Lord has his like hood kind of like, it looks like it's straight out of the movie, it you does. know? Yes. And um, they just love that. shot from the side, right? Yeah, yes, shot yes. from the side. Yeah. And they sort of just found that and went with it. And Greg was totally supportive of it. And Paul was talking about like how fun that was to have that creative freedom and find those little nuggets. And it's so cool looking. We had a lot of shots like that. They're just more the cookie cutter or stereotyped, you know, sitcom stuff. And we get interesting shots at times. Yeah. Because our cameramen were so great. And something that we haven't talked about on the show yet is the idea of actor marks. So usually on a television show, so that they can get these shots, they put a little piece of tape on the ground. And if you, for example, if Jim had to walk up to Pam's desk, there would be a little mark on the ground and he would have to stand exactly on that mark. And it's really hard to do. I mean, do you guys find it hard to do? I'm always, I feel like I'm always looking down for the tape and then I get to my spot and I look up. It's like a a hard thing to manage. Well, on our show, we did not have that. They would just let us wander they would say just walk up in this general area and the camera will find you yeah it was so loosey-goosey so amazing didn't you say you were in a band called Lucy goosey i was in a band called Lucy goosey i what? was i was in a band you with were Pe- not with peter white who used to play with al stewart and he may probably still does we had a band uh with dave camp on sax and uh i remember we played the uh, rap party for this movie i did with uh worked on with uh, bo bridges at the beach house at Lloyd Bridges' house, Lucy Goosey we played out there, and they were dancing out there like uh, Annette Funicello in the surf and stuff. Oh Lucy my Goosey. gosh! Yeah. Creed, yeah. we just good. need you to just sit here and tell us about all <laughs> your Creed, stories. You have literally the most interesting life. I have a fan question. I'm for a fascinating you. character. <laughs> you are and humble too. <laughs> this is a fan question from Todd Myers, and yes. uh, this feels like a good place to ask it. Who is the biggest rock star you ever partied with during your touring days? Oh, <sighs> wow! Party it maybe with... doesn't have to be the biggest. It could no, just what's the most interesting? I, yeah, I lived um, for a while at the Camrose Highland Estates, and uh, Linda Ronstadt was there. Laura Nero was there. Uh, Jackson Brown used to. Every, there was a lot of people playing at this place and lived there, and they were they would, they would play their instrument. You hear the instruments going around the Cameron Camlin. Highland Estates, and uh, Butch Trucks from the Almond Brothers was there. And one night, Butch came over. Wait, he, wait, wait! I'm Butch, so sorry. For, you all lived together? No, we we lived at this estates in little in little uh, bungalows. You could you could rent these bungalows at the Camrose Highland Estates. Now it's been fixed up a little bit. It's right next to the uh, 
Veterans of War and War place, I think. They're right wow. on Highland Boulevard. Right okay. on Highland Boulevard. Okay. Right, right off to get up the freeway. It's right there. And like a lot of artists. A like lot of artists were living there. So Butch Trucks from the Almond Brothers came over one night and um, G- Griffin from um, Bread and Jesse Ed Davis, who used to play with John Lennon, came over one night and we, played, and we jammed. We jammed for hours and hours and hours and hours. And there was a lot of heavyweight guitar players there at that night. I remember Butch wanted me to go back to uh, Alabama and be uh, the lead singer for this group, Cowboy, but that never happened. Creed, your life is amazing. Jenna, I don't know that we would have been hip enough to hang out there. We would not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have a card right here. Tell me. Seven minutes, 44 seconds. Mm. Creed, we have some PPC rivalry. Oh, I've got it down. Pam versus Angela. Angela Sass? Angela Sass, but also same category. Same category. What? I get this. So <laughs> my character says, what, you brought brownies? Like, what did you bring? And you're like, I brought brownies. brownies. And I'm like, but I brought cookies. Same category. Yeah. Same category. You should have brought something savory. You know Angela Is that what you say list. in the thing? Same category? I say, same category. <laughs> I don't remember that. Well- I mean, I feel like there's a backstory missing here. Did you assign me something other than I'm brownies? I'm sure so I you, did. That's your implication. Yes. You're implying then, that I went rogue and brought brownies you instead of chips did. and dip. I clearly at some party Don't you planning, say, where's the chips and dip or yes, something? I clearly at some party planning committee meeting said, all right, I will make sugar cookies. Why don't you bring the dip and chips? And then you show up with these freaking brownies. How dare you? Wait, Sam, can we see that? Those aren't chips and dip. No, I made brownies. (sighs) What? I'm just trying to figure out why you're sabotaging things. I made brownies. And I made cookies. Same category. All right, after watching that clip, I will admit, I think Pam did go a little rogue. Clearly, you assigned me chips and dip. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, same category. Yeah, same category. All right, I I needed to hear that because I think Jenna... If it was your house and you were having a party, you would this like you would be like, hey, come on. Yeah. All right. Guys, I think we should go to a break and then we'll come back and finish the episode. All right. Creed, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Oh my God, I love having you here, Creed. I do too. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to time, all in one place. Well, we've told you before that we use Squarespace for our Office Ladies website, and it is so user-friendly, so easy to use. We are not tech people, and we could not be happier with our experience. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash officeladies to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Your home is your creative canvas. It can be an expression of your unique style, and only Wayfair has everything you need to bring that vision to life. All right, we just got my daughter the cutest cozy swivel chair, and it's like fuzzy, and it sits in the corner of her bedroom, and I love it. Well, Wayfair makes it easy with fast and free shipping, even on big stuff like your fluffy chair, Ange. They'll even help you set it up. Every style is welcome in the Waberhood. Visit Wayfair.com or get the Wayfair mobile app. That's 
W-A-Y-F-A-I-R.com, Wayfair, every style, every home. And we are back with my delightful neighbor and an office favorite, Creed Bratton. Thank yes. you. Creed, we're going to make you come back on this podcast all the time. I hope you're ready. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We could carpool. We could. I could swing we by could. and pick you up. You're like, oh my God, Angela, lurking, lurking. These office ladies. <laughs> um, you guys, do you remember the scene where Jim takes a phone call from a potential employer for Dwight, yes. and he does a Michael Scott impression. It's really good. John does a very good job. It's at 8 minutes, 34 seconds. Oh, you've got the time code. Guys, is this when we find out that Michael's middle name is Gary? Oh, is this the first time it's said? Because he says, mm. Michael, Michael G. Scott, Michael Gary, Gary Scott. Scott. Yeah. I don't know. I because don't know. later it was when we had the scene where we show the uh, him as a little boy and he doesn't get all the love that he wanted because he wanted a family. That's oh. later, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was Gary. We, we knew Gary there. That might be. That might be the first time. I don't know. I think I'm know. putting it out there. I'm Our not fans the guy to will know. Yeah, Our fans, fans will let us know for sure. I loved the scene. I just thought that John crushed it as Michael Scott. And it also had the Jim and Pam air high five. The first, the first. air high five. Yes. I'm, get, uh, I'm getting Creed's getting misty, misty eyed. I got. I literally when I saw it, I my I, I think I audibly said out loud to no one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Super cute. Okay, so I have a question about the air high five. Say it. So I was trying to do the air high five with my daughter Isabel. Now, granted. <laughs> She's 11. I'm 48. Maybe we our timing's off. We couldn't get it. It's difficult. It, it, you guys did it perfectly. Yeah. And you know what? We kind of did it perfectly the first time. That's Aww. It was meant to be. It was that meant was, to be. That speaks to our chemistry, I believe. So shortly after this momentous air high five, very sadly, Pam tells Jim he should go for the job at Cumberland Mills. But yeah. the job is in Maryland, and he is so hurt. This happens a lot with you guys. Yeah. Him going off to do a job. A recurring theme, right? It yeah. is, because yeah. he's, you know, later he's going to go yep. off to yep. the other, other branch. branch. And, then and then later then... to New York and do that stuff with the well, sports thing, right? That yeah. Kept, kept happening. And yeah. then you go to art camp or school. Or... Art camp? <laughs> I went to a university. Thank you very much. And then she art goes camp. to Plaster of Paris making place. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but yes, they constantly are being pushed together and pulled apart, right? Yeah, yes. they are. Always. Yeah, it's always, true. Always. But sometimes just through a comment. We're seeing in this second season, in each episode, there seems to be a really sweet moment with Jim and Pam, and then a moment where someone gets their, their feelings, feelings hurt, hurt a oh, little bit. Because so many feelings. So many feelings. Feelings. But then at the end, Jim admits that if it weren't for Pam, he would take the job at Cumberland Mills because the pay is twice as much, it's a better job, yada, yada. So why is he staying? He just basically admitted why he stays at this job. Yes. Yeah. I what know. was the one where he admitted that uh, crabs are his favorite food, so he was going to go to this Maryland. Was that Maryland? But that was yeah. it. That was, the crab. Yeah. that was the crab thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Soft shelled crab are apparently one of his favorites. Yes, Who exactly. Knew? Who knew well, that? he I, eats that tuna he, sandwich every day for that. lunch. No. So he is a seafood fan. So yes. he just stinks all the time. I guess Jim so. Kinda and he could have called him crab if he wanted to. But, oh, you know. crabby. Yeah. Jim eats tuna sandwiches and Pam eats sour cream and onion chips. 
They're a match made and I, wow. and I eat mung beans, apparently. Wow, what is there? The <laughs> smells in this office. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, dear. All right. So finally, Michael asks for Jim's help, and he wants to do some role-playing where he tries to fire someone. And that is just a delicious scene. Did, oh. did you enjoy that one? How did John get through it is what I, I want to know. When, when like, Steve is Michael, is like, why are you doing this? I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> and he's like, wait, is this you as you? Or who are you right now? What is happening? John has to check in. And this brings us to your big scene, your Creed. Big scene. Oh, this here is we it. are. This After that it. scene, he calls you in. And tell us, break it down for us, what was it like to sit in that chair and now you're going to launch into five pages with Steve Carell? Right, I right. mean, I, I never had five pages with Steve Carell, or six and a half, you said, six and a half Six pages. and a half, originally, they may have cut it down, but it yeah. was, it was it took a long, it took hours to yeah. get, get through that thing. And I, I mean, I never had more than a few lines with him one-on-one, so... Yeah, let's let's hear about it. Uh, well, first of all, there was a scene where I slowly take out the teeth, you know, and I resolve myself. I gird my loins, as it were. I stand up with an irresolute, and I march in like a Nesferatu, you know, with a purpose. Are these some of your uh, notes that you wrote in your script? No, for, uh, no. Intention. Just, yes. This is just him storytelling. It's the B, it's the B story. It's the storytelling. I'm into the story right now. Yes, yes go. exactly. So, so you march in. So I march in, and then I, I remember I sit, I sit back like this, and I put my cross my feet, and I, I kind of houch down, and I have my arms crossed because I'm protecting myself from attack, like this. And he goes, "Well, Creed, I just don't like this." And I said, "Well, then you want to leave?" And he says, "No, no, I don't. No, yes, you do. No, no, I don't." <laughs> You're, you're the you're, hardest you're, person you're, to fire you're, ever. You're gonna leave. No, no, really, no. I know I'm very happy here. I says, Creed, I've got, I've got to fire somebody, and it's got to be. Well, then fire Devin. You know, he's horrible at his job. You know, I'm so much better at my job, and I'm doing the Creed voice right now too. He goes, it goes up a bit, you know. Uh, and then I just fought. I just fought for my survival, and we kept doing it over and over and over, and finally, and and Steve is so great. It's like uh, you, you, you have all done scenes with people where you, it's forcing it. It's so hard to get through a scene. Yeah. Working with Stevens like that, he kept tossing me like these big beach balls. And I had a Nerf bat. It was just easy. It was yeah. easy to hit those things, you know. God bless him. He's, he's so, a he's very so, giving He's a very giving, giving actor, person, you know? you know. And when you're in scenes with him, he's so eager for you to get the laugh. He doesn't – some actors, guys out there, they want – to no, get the laugh. No. They want that moment. Yeah. And Steve is so eager to share it. And really just what makes the scene work is what I he know. focuses on. But Dave Rogers later, he said he's what made him laugh the most is when I stood up there and said, no, no, you're doing a good job. Good for you. Ah, da, 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 da. I, <laughs> I love I point, that. I pointed my finger. Now again, all that stuff was just off the top now, of my head. You yeah. Know? <laughs> when I watched, when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, that is Creed. That is classic. That is just Creed being Creed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that is actually yeah. Yeah, because I feel like you've left me voicemails where you're like, "Hey, pumpkin, da 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 da, I was just stuttering, perhaps too. But you were doing a bit. I was doing a bit, yeah. No, but still, I look at that with with fond memories. It was a great, and I and I thank Steve so much for being so gracious as an actor to work with. You know. So after that scene, Michael does fire Devin. Right. In a much shorter scene, Devin gets so angry he. Announces to the office, if anyone wants to join me at Poor Richard's Bar. Poor Richard's Bar. Is this the first mention of Poor Richard's Bar? Well, he says he gives him a chili. He gives him a chili. Yeah. Michael gives him a Chili's yeah, coupon. Chili's which coupon, is yeah. a nice nod back to the Dundies. Yeah. And yes, he yeah, rips it yeah, up. He rips it up, yeah. 
But have we, because we end up mentioning Poor Richard's Bar over and over again, and we go there eventually, but have we mentioned it yet? Oh, in the basketball episode. I think Daryl suggests that we all get drinks at Poor Richard's. Okay. In that scene, though, where Devin invites everyone to Poor Richard's, there's three people he does not invite. Oh, yeah, you're right. He lists a bunch of names. Who does it's he? It's very not- personal. Who it's does he personal. Not invite? Who, who are they? He does not invite Michael. Of he course. does not invite Dwight. He does not invite Angela. <laughs> he doesn't invite you. Why? No. There's nothing. They're just I made this know. arbitrary. It's an arbitrary. I'm Why not sure, you? I'm sure I've been, you know, bitchy to him at some point. He didn't. Aww. I'm sure. Or but maybe he just knew you wouldn't go. Maybe so. He might well, have a crush on you too. Oh come on. Oh, he might have. You never know. <laughs> So he leaves and he smashes a pumpkin. There we go. On pumpkin. Car. Pumpkin. <laughs> and when we go downstairs, we see Hank, the security guy at the security desk, who was played by Hugh Dane. God rest his. Yes. yes. Who yes. passed away a couple yeah. of years ago. He was so nice. Yep. Yeah. Just a sweetheart. Extremely and so funny. great as Hank. His delivery was always perfect. Amazing. Is this the first time we see Hank? At the security desk? I think so. It has to be. You guys leave, you know, for um, uh, to go to the, the dojo. But yeah. You, but you I don't, don't think see, we saw him you there. You don't see him, no. Well, it's brilliant because there he is and he's sitting there and it's another example of introducing a character in an episode where they don't speak, but they will eventually. Yeah. They will come back. He did that with so many people. He did that with Craig in the warehouse and the Alliance. Mm-hmm. You just see him in the background watching Dwight pop out of the box. Creed, of course, you were in the background forever. And then now Hugh Dane in the background as the security officer. Just so thoughtful. And and this thing that I love about our show and we've talked about Creed is that Greg had the audience just start in the middle. He doesn't explain things to you. You discover it as you go. It's not spoon-fed information. Yes. I love that. Well, I ha- I, we, I don't think we can end this episode without talking about Michael's list of former costumes. Oh, please list them. Okay. He's really, really bummed the camera crew wasn't there the Halloween before when he was Janet Jackson's boob. Very topical. <laughs> um, he's really bummed you guys missed it when he was Monica Lewinsky's twice. Dre- dress. Yeah, twice. And then he was Monica Lewinsky the year before. Yes. And then before that, he was O.J. Simpson. So <laughs> Where does he pick these Very people? topical. Yeah. 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 Um, great costumes that he was really sad the camera crew missed. Uh-huh. I know you're going to want to talk about the very end with Michael and the trick-or-treaters because it's just oh, such gosh. a touching moment. All right, I Creed. cry yeah. every time I, I watch it. I did it. too. I did too. Every I, time. I was loving the show, and then when it got to that episode, I, he just killed me. I said, oh, my God, this is a perfect episode. It's oh. one, of them, one of the great ones, you know. Yes. At the end of the episode, Michael goes home, and you see him sitting alone, very lonely, on the couch, And then the doorbell rings, and there are trick-or-treaters at the door. And there was a big debate on set about how exactly this scene should play out, about whether or not the kids should be nice to Michael or if they should be annoyed by Michael, how Michael should be with the kids, should he be off-putting, should he be kind. And the writers and producers also – well, they also discussed if he should be happy or sad while handing out the candy, and they decided – that they were going to start on that spy shot of Michael looking sad and lonely all alone on Halloween night. But when he gets to the door, I'm going to cry saying it. He lights up. He makes his silly jokes. The kids laugh. The kids love him. Love him. They love him. And it ends on him making a connection. I just think it is the most kind and heartbreaking 
wonderful scene. I think it's moments like this that make The Office so special. We just spend an entire episode kind of laughing at Michael Scott or finding him annoying, but then in the end, he just breaks your heart with his vulnerability. Take them all. Don't they drop them? Don't worry. Take them all. Take yeah, them all. Take them all. Take them all. Take them all. And they all yours. Yeah. And uh, that's the first time we 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 saw him just so loving. Really, I don't you think so? At that moment, we saw his heart. We saw his heart yeah. come out there at that moment. Well, and you tore, now, tore me up. It tore me up, and you have to think that Michael is somewhere being a great dad. Yeah. He's a great dad. And I wish we could see that. That's the one thing when we talk about a reunion, obviously, you know, we don't want to tread on hallowed ground that is the office and we don't want to mess with anything that that everyone loves so much. But boy, I would love to see where some of these people are and I would love to see Michael as a dad. Yes. Yes. Do you agree that when you watch that scene, I think more than any other scene I can recall, I see Steve Yes. Mm-hmm. That is no, absolutely. Steve handing absolutely. out candy. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That's the kind of just kind-hearted gentleman sweet, that he is. Sweet, sweet man. And yeah. I think that's part of the reason, too, why it, it hits you that hard, Jenna, because yeah. we see our friend. And that's we see true. the kind person yeah. he is yes. that gets to shine through, which often, as Michael Scott, does not. No, he is <laughs> not. This is true. Um, he is not. Well, I have one little final piece of trivia. All right. In the credits at the end, as it rolls... Over the Deedle D logo, which Deedle D is Greg's company, his daughter Haley actually drew the picture that says Deedle D when she was little. Um, you hear, and it's the only time it ever happens, Dwight's voice say, quiet you. Oh, really? Yes. Angela. And, and why, do, we, do we know why that happened? I think they loved it. It's, they pulled it from earlier in the episode when Dwight is the Sith Lord. Is and, that the uh, only time that they've It's the we've only done time like there's dialogue like over Deedle D. Wow. Oh, I'm kind of moved by that. That's kind of cool, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Quiet you. Quiet you. Well, we did it, guys. <laughs> we, we did, did it. it. We that did was it. a Halloween episode, Creed. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. But before you go, will you tell us what are you up to now? What are you doing? You have an album and you're touring. I'm touring. I was um, uh, in Europe. Uh, UK and this in Scandinavia for for a month touring and doing shows had like seven so I'm bragging now seven sold out shows in the UK went great I'm off to Australia New Zealand in February and then you did the whole East Coast too because I, I was then, texting with then you and I you did, were like then I did the yeah. East Coast and had a great tour there too yeah. and the fans and I want to thank all the Office fans for coming out and supporting my character and my music and it truly means a lot I've got, I'm, I'm having my second childhood now doing this. Well, and by the way, I have a surprise for you, ladies. What? what? Is it? I brought, uh, which I think may be the single, if if there's going to be a single from my. I'm going to play you a little snippet, if you'd like. <gasps> yes, of please, the, please. Of the album, can we can we do this in there? Can I play it right now for you? And um and you guys, before he plays the song, I just want to encourage you. If Creed is coming to a town near you, go see his show. It is fantastic, and apparently he also makes fun of me during it uh, um, quite a bit. Enjoy it. <laughs> and and we are trying to figure out one of your uh, locations where I can come on stage and give it to you right oh, back. We, we, where we, can we, people find the schedule? Uh, Creedbratton.com. We love you, Creed. All right, let's All right, hear it. Here we go, and the ride. taught me then how I could one day be your friend it's 
That's that song. There it is, gang. What do you think? Uh, well, Angela's sobbing. I'm, I just started crying. <laughs> it, the song is so beautiful, Creed, but also, and I totally am emotional, but, oh, my God, it might be too emotional. Oh. Um, well, you know what? It just, do you ever have just like a wave hit you where you're like, you know you're in a special moment? Yeah. Yes. And it yes. just hit me. Well, I'm that like, when I taped with the two of you today. Yeah. I feel, I feel like we're in a special moment. It just now. felt no, really no. special and like something I'll always remember and I'm facing my best friend who is now my boss lady business partner and I'm so <laughs> proud of us and and uh, this journey we've taken together and then I just love you Creed oh, you're like I love you sweetie you're I like do. you know well, family now family <laughs> and well I I, I I ladies and gentlemen when I the last album I did I had a song called More Than You Know and I one of the first people I ever played it for was for you and Josh, you know, yeah, at your you house. Can... You know, I came over and acoustically played it, you know, and she got and she started crying. I started crying. I, I knew I had a winner then. Well, Creed, <laughs> some of my favorite memories on the set were at lunchtime when you would play guitar and Ed would play banjo. banjo. Yep. Ed's trailer was next to mine. You'd go in his trailer yep. and the two of you would play. Through my lunch, uh-huh. and, I and you guys would it. call. You'd come over and stick yeah. your head oh, in and listen. We'd to, come over know. and hang out yeah. for years. My alarm clock is banjo music because it would make me think of you guys. And sometimes, especially when I was pregnant. If we had a little break, I might take a cat nap, and I'd wake up to banjo music, yes. yeah. and it was like so pleasing that I made my alarm clock banjo because I thought, oh, maybe I won't wake up grumpy. <laughs> Ed and I had so much fun. He's a, he's a great banjo player. I haven't played with him in a long time because we work on all the time, but I would love to. Oh and yeah, he's, he's you guys best. were he's great the, together. Best, you know. Well, uh, thank you again. Thank Creed. you so much for having me, my dear friends. Creed, yeah. can so we end fun. with a final fan question? Yes, of course. This is from Tim Blair. Tim asked, do you have a favorite Creed line from the whole show? <sighs> Which one's Pam? <laughs> <laughs> Which question, Pam? I could say. Yes. Um, uh, gosh, I don't know. It, it probably would be... Uh, yeah. Someone making soup, or which one's Pam? Or uh, <laughs> someone making but soup. But I think actually, I would have to be. Um, in the '60s, I made love to many, many women, often outdoors in the rain and the mud. It's possible a man slipped in. There'd be no way of knowing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Woo! Applause from the booth. <laughs> And that is how you end an episode. Thank you my for having me. Thank you, Creed. Thank you, Creed. Oh, everyone, please join us next week when we will be talking about the fight. The fight. Yeah. Oh. We'll miss you, Creed. Uh, you have to come back. Well, I'd love to come back. Okay. Okay. Thank you for listening to Office Ladies. Office Ladies is produced by Earwolf, Jenna Fisher, and Angela Kinsey. Our producer is Cody Fisher. Our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. And our theme song is Rubber Tree by Creed Bratton. For ad-free versions of the show and our bonus episodes, Candy Bag, go to stitcherpremium.com. For a free one-month trial of Stitcher Premium, use code 
Office. 